This is the Cycling Circuit Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the development of cycling in the UK, particularly in the northeast of England. There's something in here for everyone, so if you want to hear about the UK cycling scene, keep listening. Welcome to the Cycling Circuit Podcast. I'm here. My name's Paul. Adam's here with me as well. Hi, Adam. Evening all. And we have a guest tonight. We have Patrick on. So Patrick is here to chat about his experiences. Do you want to say a little bit about yourself, Patrick? Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Patrick Kilko and I'm a cyclist from Manila Cycling. I'm 19 years old. Um, I've been riding and racing since I was three years old. And I'm now a regular coach at Manila Cycling. So three. So you were riding, riding since you were racing since you were three? Riding since Ra- racing since the week after I could ride a bike. <laughs> Impressive, okay. Patrick. How did, how did you get into that then? How did you just immediately start racing and how and where? So it was, my dad had taught me how to ride a bike, um, not one after my third birthday. And then he took us down to the Croft race series. Um, and obviously it meant that I could start like right at the front. Um, so I wasn't going to be sort of slowing everyone else down, slowing proceedings of the night down. So he took me there and I was able to just do my little two lap race because I just loved riding the bike. Uh, you just couldn't keep me off it. Were you the youngest there then? I'm guessing. I would assume so. Yeah, I, I can't really remember much because it was, say it was quite a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll come on to that a bit more later. Maybe when we ask you a bit more about how you got into everything and where you've where you've come from in the sport. But yeah, what, what have you been up to recently then, everyone? Paul, what have you been up to this week or last uh, couple of weeks? Oh, well, um, so we did, obviously, the only thing I've done cycling-wise has been the track league down at Middlesbrough at the Velodrome there. And, uh, yeah, that was there was some really interesting results. There was a, a really big a big result for me. Um, you know, I, don't know, I don't know how you did, Adam, but you know, how did you get on? I think I think I finished ahead of you in the mall, apart from one. If that's what you're referring to, Paul. Yeah, yeah, but did like where did you finish in all those ones where you finished way, well, yeah, way, way ahead of me? Yeah. To be honest, didn't win any, but yeah, I think I was third in most of them, apart from the one that you rolled me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like I love that you never get beaten; you always get rolled. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a pro of beating, is it? No, 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 no. No, it doesn't, it doesn't count. But yeah, it was second place. That That's higher than any of your positions, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was good, yeah. Yeah, okay, Paul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you beat me on the night. But yeah, it's, um, it's a really fun league. Oh, that, was a, well. that was a derny race, so I just like I just managed to sit in the wheels and sit behind the derny. I was in a nice position, sat behind you, and uh, yeah, as you say, rolled, rolled you. I'll, I'll let you have that one because I've got my new wheels this week, so that's that's the last of it. So, yeah. I like the way you decide whether I get it or not. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you. It's just a fact. It's like but when yeah. Patrick got me the other week. I let I let him because he I thought it was dangerous manoeuvre, so I thought I might just let him have this one. So yeah, yeah. Adam terms anything where you overtake him as a dangerous manoeuvre, uh, so he'll let you have it. Have yeah, you not recognised but... that I'm a little bit competitive? Oh no, no, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, and um, so so Patrick as well. Like um, that was the previous race I'd done before. That would have been a time trial. And what happened in that time trial, Patrick? Um, in that time trial, um, I believe it was it was a twenty-three mile time trial. Um, and Paul um, 
started a minute behind me um, and caught me and then proceeded to leave me. Um, put a decent bit of time into me. Um, so Paul beat me by three and a half minutes that week. Um, I'm going to go on the record and together. say I'm not a time trialer. You should have worked together, did a bit of a tour. Well, that, that happened, didn't it? That happened. There was there, there were two lads doing a two-up in that time trial. I thought we'd reference it a little bit. They might be listening, you never know. Yeah, that'd be good if they were listening and said, we saw you two-up. We saw you. Three <laughs> miles have gone through and off. Yeah. I'm just going to go on the record and say now I'm not a time trialist and uh, I forgot to shave my legs. So otherwise, uh, I would have beaten Paul. Yeah, it was, it was the leg hair thing. Definitely, definitely. It was that counted for four minutes. Patrick, have you even got leg hair yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, okay. I see how it is. I see how it is. So that's it. Like that's that's me and my recent racing experience. I think that is that all of us. Is that all of us? Yeah, I think I've I've just been. I haven't done a lot recently. Just been enjoying the track. Well, enjoyed the first track league this week. Been enjoying the track training SQTs. What's that? I can't think of the last crit I did. Um, Reefing. Oh, I did. Ah, yeah. So I did reef and road race, didn't I, on Sunday gone? Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was an eye opener for me. So I haven't um, done a road race for about two and a half years or so. Um, and I remember the last time I did that one with Patrick, and it was pretty rapid then. Oh um, yeah. I remember last time I was pretty strong, and I was actually pushing Patrick back in, slingshotting him back into the pack. Um, yeah. This time, this time round, it was me dangling on the back, um, and yeah, it was it was pretty rapid. So I've I finished after two laps, and when I finished, stopped my stopped my computer, and I actually had the com for the circuit until everyone else finished the race, um, and then I no longer had the com. But I'll, I'll I'll take it anyway. I screenshot it, and I'll I'll take that for the day. That's but a yeah, good not, tactic. Not, not, I've not, not very ever doing that tactic before. Well done, Adam. <laughs> not very successful anyway. But um, yeah, I think that's that was that's all I've done recently, really. It looked rapid that one. I, I looked at a few people's Strava's. I know Colin Colin Holt got um the fastest yeah, Colin, fourth cut Colin as well, did. didn't he? he got yeah, he did really well, Colin. He's going top, well. He was fourteenth, maybe top twenty somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he got a prize for that. Well done. Should have really done our research and found out who won as well, shouldn't we? Really, but, um, we might might have to edit that in afterwards. Yeah, that would be good. that'd be good. A really really crude edit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that looked a, a decent race. Anything else happening? Is there not been much happening this week? I don't think. No, I just training as usual with the kids. Obviously, I've started my. Well, we've both been coaching the kids on the track, haven't we, on Thursday nights, which has been going really well. Um, the first of the track academy sessions. Um, we've had riders from a few different clubs, North Shields, Poly, Manila. Um, so they've been going really well. Um, so it has been quite track heavy really recently for me. Um, but yeah, just looking forward to. I think um, coming up, I think I've got a couple of crits coming up. So I've entered the. Next round of Hetton Crits. I think you both doing them too as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what else have I entered? I've entered a couple at the races I'm taking Sophia to in the National Series. So I'm racing at Loughborough a week on Sunday. Support race there at Loughborough Uni. Um, That's a town centre crit for you? No, uh, we're around the uni. I've never. Have you done that one before? Uh, no, but from what I hear, it's uh, quite twisty and uh, has a few speed bumps in it. Very twisty speed. Yeah, I watched the video. Very twisty. Some speed bumps. And it says there's a steep hill, but you don't seem to see that on the video. So I don't know whether it just, you don't get the illusion of it on the video or what. But yeah, it should be interesting anyway. And I, I've entered something else as well, but I can't think. 
Um, there's another Mark race. Mark Evans. Mark Evans, yeah, our, our road series, yeah, Mark Evans yeah. series on Friday. So I've got three things entered. Which is the, is that the Northeast Crit Championships? Northeast Crit Champs as well, yeah. people. Sorry? I'm talking to people now. We're, we're now not talking to each other. We're talking to people. Oh, yeah. Get, yeah, entering. get, entering. get, get entering. Get entering, yeah. We want a big Northeast Crit Champs on Friday night as well. It should be fun on Friday night. We have a nice night. What's the uh, date? The 9th of June. The 9th of June. Friday, the 9th of June, guys. Yeah, get it entered on British Cycling. Um, it's only a couple of weeks away. Hmm. So you've got those two, Patrick, and what else? Uh, so coming up, I've got uh, the Hetton one, uh, Northeast Crit Champs. Um, I'm looking to do uh, the Lewis Smith Memorial Road Race on the 25th of June. Uh, that's in Wakefield. Um, and other than that, for June, I think I've just got uh, possibly the Otley 234 support race on the 28th. Um, so, yeah, I think, that, I think that's my whole June planned out. Um, I'm sort of trying to take it each month as it comes because uh, different races are popping up everywhere all the time. So just seeing how it goes. Yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty good. You've got like a couple in couple of road races in July because we're sort of on the same road race program. Aren't yeah. we? we kind of agreed to do some races together, which was good. Like yeah. we did Carlisle together, which was quite fun, wasn't it? The yeah, that that was race. was an interesting race. Quite, uh, quite fast, lots of attacks, uh, very early breakaway that managed to go on to lap us all and win. Um, obviously, we both stayed in the bunch, uh, and I picked up eighth for my first ever adult points, and you managed to get yourself an 11th. Yeah, with no points. So the first first place with no points, so yeah. It's like outside of top 10 first loser, that's what it is. You think so, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the, the first <laughs> of the pointless. Well, you're still beating me on points for this year. I've got two, and that's uh, those have been spread across the last three years. So, <laughs> 11th's quite good though, because you can always just say, oh, "I just came outside the top 10. You can always say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all right, actually. It was a, it was a decent, it was a decent race. I thought, I'd, I thought my legs had totally gone. Actually, I got, I got calf cramps, so I tried to do something for Patrick. Couldn't catch him, and couldn't help him. And then the bell went. I was like, oh, I might as well try now and I was all right actually so I was a bit better than I thought I was going to be this is making me panic I'm panicking about the races to come up now I'm thinking I might have to start some training <laughs> best start riding train, yeah training's really yeah. useful for cycling I've, no, I've noticed yeah. yeah it can be can it never mind yeah maybe get yourself out on Sunday after the races I, I, I did consider that actually yeah could if I can get Kelly to um Drive the van, like maybe a ride home, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, our race program sorted. So, shall we go back to Patrick then and, and talk about, like, you know, you started when you were three, and <laughs> how have you continued? You know, like, what, what, what were, the, have you had any achievements? What, what do you remember about being a cyclist? You know. Um, I remember just sort of like growing up and just not being like my parents not being able to get me away from sports in general but then um with my dad coaching at Stockton where he was when I was younger um and my mum like helping out there all the time as well it was like I was always there every Saturday and then they were helping to put a lot of the races on around uh, around the northeast so I was doing a lot of the northeast youth league races league 2000 croft so it's like some weeks where I was racing like two or three times a week and then 
just enjoying riding my bike, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, so I just continued doing that. I was riding for Stockton Lewis the whole of the time I was in youth. Um, picked up one regional championship when I was eight, um, along with a couple of podiums that followed that. But um, I, I've, I can't really say I've got any really high results in um, any nationals or anything. I, um, sort of going through under 10s and above, like everyone else was always a lot taller than me, a lot more developed than me. So I was always on the back foot trying to like catch up with everyone. Um, but yeah, no, I just remember being, like me and my bike almost being inseparable. Like, um, yeah, getting to tell me to skip a race or rest and I was having none of it. That's an interesting point you make there about, um, about being developed and stuff like that. And it's something like uh, when I read Jan Ulrich's book recently, I heard like the German the East German sports program did take into account the fact that you would have a biological age and, um, and a physical age. And we were talking last week about um, British cycling and, and, you know, the, there are certain issues with it and maybe they should be looking like, you know, you know, we've got certain categories. We've got youth A, which is under 16 and youth B, which is under 14, all the way down to youth E, which is under eight. And like, you know, these are age group related. And, and a lot of the time, a big, strong cyclist can do really well. But then someone like yourself. So like um, for those of you who don't know and haven't seen Patrick Ride, unbelievable bike handler, really, really punchy, comes out of corners really, really well as well. You know, got loads of attributes that would make an excellent cyclist but maybe was a little bit smaller than other people in your year group, I imagine, you know, like when you were growing up and sometimes that can be overlooked. And Jan Ulrich was small for his age. He was under underdeveloped for his age, but obviously became a, a fellow who ended up being over six foot and a tremendous cyclist. And they took that into account. Should we be maybe thinking about things like that? for cycling in this country you know should, or, or should we just kind of say well you're big and strong you're going to win um, um, um go on patrick go on sorry well, um, it's it's interesting you say that because um i do remember in the under 14s i got taken to a rsr development day um so it was a, a sort of taster session almost as to what the rsrs are like um and they, there was a few different little workshops and they did some testing with us um, to choose who would then go on to be on the regional school of racing um, for the following year. And they did say that they were looking at um, the physical age and developmental age of everyone. Um, so that, so that like, it was one of those things where they set it out and said that that's what they were doing. And I never, I never expected myself to get on the RSR program anyway, because looking back on it, I wasn't strong enough to be on the RSR anyway. There was many riders that were stronger than me, but I feel like while BC was saying that, I think it was more sort of saying it to please the crowd. And I don't really think they were actually acting on what they were saying they were going to do. Um, I think it was just a lot of empty promises because it always ended up just being the top 10 in the country no matter what, like, would end up on it anyway. It didn't matter on the size or anything. It was just there on it because they're the best riders in the country sort of thing. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think 
like obviously what we're talking about here for those who maybe don't know the RSR, the regional school of racing, it's the it's the, the sort of the starting point of the British cycling pathway, isn't it? So um and you'll have been trying to get down the road and track pathway. Um, yes. so to, I totally agree with everything I'm saying there, and I think it's it's thoughts I've had again recently because obviously we're saying there about the 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 look at the development age and the physical age and your actual age, but what so and we're saying they take the strongest riders. So what what are they basing that on the strongest riders? And I suppose that's maybe where it needs a rethink, as in, like you've just said there, like we know Patrick's probably one of the most skillful riders, best bike handlers we know. I mean, thinking back, Patrick, I imagine League 2000, you were probably well up there in like the skills event all the time, I imagine. Top, top three most weeks. Yeah, I would think so. And it's like, obviously, the, the, we, we see now the younger kids look up to you with your skills you can do on the bike and that kind of thing. And it's like, what are them things taken into account? I mean, we, like you say, we know that in every sport people develop later um and like you've just mentioned there paul about jan ulrich obviously a fantastic example it's i think it, it's it's worrying because i've i've heard of a, a kid recently who said that they're in that under 16 age category now and they've said well i'm going to give up racing track now because i'm not on the i haven't got on the um junior academy for british cycling so there's no need for me to do track anymore and it's like well is like that's quite sort of worrying a bit despite I suppose it's like that's almost British cycling kind of the real people out at such a young age and then that's then people leaving the sport as well um they might not leave the sport entirely that particular individual but they're they're leaving that discipline um and it, it, I think there's probably instances where people might have left the sport because they've decided well I wanted to get on British cycling pathway and then if they're not picked up for RSR even at 14 year old then they probably think, oh, well, I'm not going to bother now. And yeah, we do, we do need to think about is there another opportunity, isn't there? And what other opportunities are there for people? I mean, thinking about that, Patrick, obviously, how did you feel when you then kind of were, you obviously some of your peers were on that pathway, you maybe weren't, but you know, ha, ha, what sort of thoughts maybe went through your head at that time? Uh, going through my head at that time, I was sort of thinking, obviously I wasn't on the BC pathway. So I was like, when everyone else was, it felt like at the time, because everyone was on that it was like the be all and end all like you had to be on it to like sort of um really progress um which i feel like is partly myself saying that to me but also i think the way that it's conducted um by like the people running those programs it does make you feel like to progress in the sport you have to be on those programs when really there's many athletes that you'll see like some local some different regions that have gone on to be like some of the best rides in the world riding for like world tour teams didn't go anywhere near the pathway um just because i i think unless you want to do track it's sort of the pathway actually just hinders you in my opinion um because you're sort of forced into doing track whether you like it or not so thinking back now then, I mean, so if there's, obviously we all know, I mean, you're, you you yourself as well, you are working with some of these youngsters now as well, like in some of the clubs and coaching, what sort of advice would you have then for the, some of these youngsters who are getting up towards that age? We probably all know some of the kids now that are going to be, I think nominations will be coming out soon, for example, for like British Lycan Pathways and stuff. And some kids will probably be putting all the hopes on getting on those pathways and being selected. What sort of advice and guidance would you give looking back if it was you now at your, like at that age? Just don't put all of, all of your eggs in that basket of you have to be on the programs to get anywhere because 
again, if you're maybe less developed than everyone else, it might be that you get to junior when the cutoff's already passed and you might have a massive growth spurt. You might suddenly like get really strong. And if you keep on training and keep on noticing those gains and noticing the differences in your own performances, teams will notice the differences in your performances. So really, if you, I, I would take it as a blessing if you haven't developed that early, because if you do keep going with it, then there's probably more chance that you actually peak when you need to peak instead of peaking too early. So just not to bank on getting on those pathways. Yeah, because I think we can all probably think to some examples of people who maybe have, like you say, they've peaked quite young as well. Obviously, we all know there's kids in every sport who probably develop quicker than a lot of other kids and they they always overshadow a lot of the other kids at the time, but then eventually they get caught up, don't they? And they, there's a lot of the time they end up sort of actually falling by the wayside once all the other kids catch them up as well. So I think it is it is quite a really important point, isn't it, really, to sort of, yeah, don't... Some, it, we know it's the same in every sport, isn't it? I mean, I've seen it in football when I used to work in football a lot and kids would get let go from the academies because they weren't tall enough, they weren't strong enough, but they could have been, again, very similar, skillfully, some of the best players I'd seen, but because they felt as though they were too small and sort of getting knocked off the ball and that kind of thing, they, they were let go. Um, very, very similar sort of scenario, I suppose. And I, I would say... Next into some of the kids to listen to that, I think. I, I was going to say that um, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but we all know of a young rider who's recently... Um, he, got, he got offered the chance on one of the higher-up pathways for track sprint but he knows that where his passion lies is he wants to do the endurance stuff because he wants to do road. And he actually ended up, because he didn't get on the endurance pathway, saying no to them when they wanted him on the sprint pathway because he didn't want to do it. And I think everyone could take a page out of his book that just because they offer you it doesn't mean you have to take it because if you are a good rider, other opportunities will come. Um, So don't, compromise what you want to do and don't make yourself unhappy um, just because you feel like you have to to be able to be on one of those pathways that's really really important point there actually yeah really good that Patrick oh, that's really good I mean so um, looking back then to your riding sorry Paul I'm taking over here <laughs> looking back to would, would you sort of say uh, could you think back to when you were riding as a kid any sort of particular highlights or I mean the fact that you're still in the sport now as well um, you know, you, you didn't get on that pathway, but you've stuck in the sport. I mean, what was the reasons behind that? Is it a general, just a love for the sport or? I feel like I sort of, there's been a lot of times where I've thought of quitting the sport, especially with like not getting on the pathway, stuff like that, not being as good as everyone else. Um, but I think it's only really recently where like, like I've, I've always like had that love for the sport and I've not been able to leave it when I wanted to, um, or when I thought I wanted to Um, because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, And it's only really recently that I've sort of took a step back from entering all these like big races and feeling like I have to do those races to be able to be in the sport. And I've just looked at it and sort of decided I'm going to ride and I'm going to race as and when I want to, uh, just regionally and just enjoy the sport because I've not been doing any specific structured training. I've not had structured training weeks. I've just got out on my bike around work when I can. And I just 
used it more as a stress relief and something that um, makes me happy to do it. Um, so I think if, if, I, if I ever wanted to try training properly again, that'll come with time. But as, for, as of now, I just want to work on enjoying riding my bike because at the end of the day, that's the reason I did it in the first place. I hear you also want to do like, you know, you, you, you've got designs on being the, the most uh, bonkers in the club with regards to things that you do. You know, I've, I've heard that ambition mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's going to be hard to overtake you, Paul. Um, but oh, yeah, I sound like I'm being like just setting you up for that one. But you did say that you, <laughs> you wanted to oh, be. No, I, uh, do, I, do want, I do want to be the the one that's doing these stupid rides just to enjoy riding the bike. Like it's by doing the rides, I don't stand to gain anything from doing them um, other than an experience and something. And the stories as well, the The stories of coming back. So can you tell me about like your last really, really time that you thought, what in the world was I doing here? Oh, well, I think we both know that was maybe what a month ago, month and a half ago, we, uh, me and Paul had decided to go on the Manila youth ride. I'd planned a route, made it super hilly. Um, so I thought I'd give one that would give the kids a real workout, uh, gave all of us a real workout with all the climbing. Um, and me, uh, me and Paul, Paul's going to be doing a hundred miles anyway to ride there and to ride back. And I said to him, you know what, Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to do that with you. I'm going to do the hundred miles. And that was before the ride. So I'd sort of committed to it beforehand. And again, it comes to time. And we get just past where my house is. We've, we'd come within a mile of my house. And then we get a bit further up the road and it starts raining. Then it starts absolutely chucking it down. And Paul's like, you know, if you want to turn around and go home, you can turn around and go home. I was like, well, if, if it doesn't stop by Red Marshall, I'll turn around and I'll go home. And then it slowed down. And so I was like, well, now it's slowed down, so I kind of need to keep going. I've already said I'm going to keep going. Paul's like, you know, if you, if you want to turn around, you can. And I was like, oh, but I can't turn around because then I'll end up losing to Paul by turning around and going home. So I kept going and I rode all the way back with Paul. And um, I ended up then, I turned around, rode back to mine, reached 103 miles, soaking wet, and got home with hypothermia and my fingers wouldn't work. So I ended up needing help to put my bike in the garage because I couldn't operate my own keys. Um, and needed help undoing the zips on my tops and taking my gloves off because I couldn't, I couldn't operate my hands to be able to do it. So, um, yeah, that was probably the last time I was thinking, what on earth am I doing? Yeah, that's a great story. You know, that, that's a story. You, you, didn't, you don't just say, oh, yeah, what did I do today? I went out on a bike ride. You know, I got myself hypothermia. Needed help with my zips and stuff like that, you know. Um, was screaming apparently. weren't you saying you were screaming? Yeah. One point? I mean, I, w- I waited until I was on my own, but I was riding down the road, shouting at myself for doing it, shouting at my hands for hurting, shouting at a truck for splashing me with a puddle. Come on, guys! Um, it was a few hundred miles, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, that it was. It was that, a bleak was, was day. day. It was bleak, Adam. It was like, yeah. you know how you know how it was really nice when we we're out in Yorkshire. Yeah, it wasn't the rest of the way. It was just like two it, hours of driving. It, it started raining, didn't it, on the bo- coming down Boltby? Yeah. And, yeah, it's um, the curse of me and Paul riding together every time it starts raining. Well, I'm not I'm not giving you the most crazy mantle yet, though. You'd have, you'd have to surpass mine. 
when I did mine 18 months ago. Coast oh, to coast in a day. Yeah. You, you, don't worry, that's on the plan. That's on the plan. I still need to go back and finish that as well because I didn't technically finish it. So. Oh, go on then. Tell, tell us what happened. Oh, well, I, well, I, I turned around, didn't I? So I still, I still did like 225 miles, but I didn't actually complete it because I didn't get, didn't get to the other course technically. Win, what, win rose, wine rose, whatever we want to call it, however we want to pronounce it, it just saw me off. I think try, trying to get over a win rose after 120 miles was just too much. So. So. So you only did 225 miles in a day. What's yeah? So I, sh- I needed like another. There should have been another at least 12, 13 miles on there. Yeah. Oh god, that would have killed me. So we'll have yeah, to. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to live myself getting back on less than I needed to after you rode all that way back as well for the 12 or 13 miles it would have taken you. Yeah, I, I literally would have had to have walked up. Wine. <laughs> yeah, but the problem was the reason why I turned round because once I get o- get over wine rows, what have I then got to do as well? You think of that? Yeah, back up it. No, no. Well, I have, but what have I got? There's, there's another massive climb, isn't there? You know that route? Rhinos Pass in Hardknot. Yes. Yeah, so, so I would well, then. So way. once I got up Rhinos, I would then have had to have gone up Hardknot, then go to the coast, turn around, and do them both again. Oh. Yeah. Not great. Ah, yeah. yeah. So, so do you do you fancy that in this? Do you fancy that in a few weeks' time? A few well, weeks. Yeah. Can we wait until after I've had this big racing block, please? Well, it's June. It's June soon, is it? Longest day is coming up. Yeah, it's June. I think school holidays, maybe for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. Do a <laughs> podcast from from while we're out, like, you know, when we're trying, when walk, we're seeing walk, three of each other. Walking up hard, though. <laughs> to be fair like if you work what most people would be walking up that anyway well, say that, I've, only, I've only done one big ride one big ride this year 100 miles and that was in greece when i was seeing like three people as well that that was pretty epic as well wasn't it? <laughs> yeah that was fun finishing in yeah. the dark i was literally yeah i, I was yeah I, I i just had to turn my pedals keep my pedals turning because that was it i was if i hadn't kept my pedals turning i'd be off the bike there's a photo of you. It's the best thing that happened in Greece. And it was just like with your face practically in your dinner. You were <laughs> down. You were, you were a wreck of a man. You did well, though, the rest of the week. It, it, you seem to get better the more you do. I always do. I got worse throughout the week. I got more and more tired. In the last couple of days, I was gone. And then, whereas you were like, you were getting stronger. Same every year. I think Pat, the year Patrick came, I was probably the same. I struggled the first few days because they were all battering me. And then by the end of the week, I get stronger. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... I think it that's started with Matty battering you, then it ended up with Matty slightly less battering you because he'd tried to keep up with me, Ben, and Ben on the first few days. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, speaking of big rides, I was actually speaking to my dad on a ride that we did last night about um, big challenge rides and sort of developing my own little cycling bucket list of things I want to do. Um, so, so far, it's not a very extensive list, but I'm trying to come up with more as I go, just getting progressively crazier. Um, so the first one is the um, coast to coast to coast in a day. Um, following my Zwift Everest we can challenge, that off in a few weeks, then maybe, maybe. Yeah. Following the uh, Zwift Everest challenge in 2020, I want to try and do a real life Everesting challenge. Um, and the other one is coasting castles, but Edinburgh to Stockton in a day. Uh, I feel like that one would be quite a nice one. It's 175 miles, not too much climbing either. Just try and get 
all the way down in a day just yeah I think that's is that where you see your cycling going now then Patrick I mean one of the things you mentioned there was about I think about enjoying your riding more which I think is really key for a lot of people so I think I've kind of been there as well where I think I'm enjoying my riding a lot more now than I used to I think sometimes you can put a bit too much pressure on yourself can't you with the racing and the training and yeah, it's important for everyone just to remember that actually the reason why we got into this in the first place was to enjoy riding our bikes, wasn't it? And to still have fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the moment, my goal, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not pushing myself to do anything, but the goal at the moment is to try and at least do maybe three days a week on the bike, not particularly big days, just getting out on the bike three times a week, just because I know I'll enjoy it when I get out. Um, but just so I can keep the legs turning, keep the fitness there. Um, and so, yeah, I've got, Obviously, I'll be doing races every now and again, regional races, because I do enjoy that. Uh, it's fun. Um, nothing too serious. I, I feel like if I show up and I don't win, then it's not the end of the world because it was only a regional race. Um, but I see myself doing some regional races and a lot more of just the big rides just because they're quite enjoyable and I just want the experiences to be able to look back on and go, oh, well, that was tough, but it was fun. Mm. No, no. Definitely. I, def- I think I definitely want to do a few challenges as well. So we'll have to get our heads together, see what we can plan. Yeah, definitely. if anyone's got any ideas as well for challenges that we could do, then you can always put it in the, in the comments. Give us a give us an email or something. Oh, t- do it to, for me. The email will be paul at manilacycling.co.uk and send us some challenges if you want to do it. And then maybe we'll go and do some challenges. This podcast developing into something different today, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, now, I'm looking at I'm looking at MC at some point. Um, so you know, I think um, you know, we've we spoke earlier on about like the racing that's going on in the area, and I'd just like to finish off on like talking about like, you know, things that have happened this year. What are your highlights so far from the races that we've been watching? So a lot of what we do is going to like was is coaching the kids. Sometimes it's really great just to see someone getting involved at all. Like I thought last night at the track, um, I felt it was really good getting someone who like um, getting Jensen up and running um, because he didn't, wasn't particularly keen. He's a good rider, but he's just like learning the track and getting him from like, not really feeling it at the beginning, not really feeling confident on the bike to doing races at the end and doing a, the, the Italian pursuit um, at the end and him being involved in that was absolutely brilliant. So there's like highlights like that for me where you're seeing people racing for the first time, but also there's been a lot of really good performances in those youth races. So is there anything that's really stood out for you? Um, for me watching, I think the biggest highlights for me, uh, I've got a few just different riders. Um, one has got to be Killian with his uh, top three at the um, final stage of the Isle of Man. That was a massive moment for him. He's been working at that all season. He's been slowly moving up and then finally got that podium spot. Um, Definitely more to come from him this season uh, if he keeps riding the way he is. Um, Another one was Ewan at Carlisle. His first ever race win. That was massive for him we all know how big that was for him and the fact that he started his sprint so early on after dominating the race with attacks all the time and chasing everything down to then throw a sprint like that 
and come out on top with at least a couple of bike lengths on everyone else. Um, and then probably um, just in general in training people like Jensen getting his confidence. He's keeps coming up to me at training now and wanting to race me every time we train and wanting to be in the faster group so that he can challenge himself. And he just loves the challenge. Um, and then we've got our, our girls team. We've got Sophia, Iris, um, Annabelle been podiuming constantly in regional races, uh, in this region and Yorkshire. Um, and so not being a, uh, afraid to throw a tax in, uh, even, in races such as uh, such as um, the Alton Park National, um, just big gutsy moments from them where they're all growing into really strong riders. Every single person you mentioned there, like we know, and I suppose this will be the same for riders all over the country. There's a mm. story behind each and every one of them. So there's the story of Killian going training with us in in Greece. Building up the building up the confidence on those big climbs and changing his mentality and that kind of thing and having those conversations or or those kids training with us on a Tuesday throughout the winter and really improving the racing or like for me like Sophia last year um, on the track like that's where she to me seemed to really like pick up her speed and start being a, a much more aggressive rider from riding in the track league and things like that there and and also the effort that they've all put in you know, the training that they've put in. I think people think, oh, they just turn up and they're good at cycling and, oh, they're just good at cycling. But every single kid who's in those races will have this story of massive amounts of training behind them. Yeah, I think um, for all of the younger riders, if I was to point out a role model that they would know, Killian would be a huge role model. Um, I mean, I've seen him last year and this year um, with his training. And I've like, obviously trained with him in years previous as well. And he's got a he's got a different mentality to most riders that I've ever met. Um, like he is he's absolutely mental, but um he's he's he never settles for less than um what he knows he's capable of. So I've seen like at Tour of Scotland last year, he didn't get the result he wanted. And then got frustrated with himself, but he wasn't like, I'm frustrated, I'm going to give up. It was, he got frustrated, jumped on his turbo afterwards and started doing efforts on his turbo after the race. Um, like, I'm not saying that it's a good idea for all riders to start doing efforts on turbos after races. That's not what I'm suggesting, but his mentality is he does not settle for less than he knows he can get. So he always, he goes into every training session and puts everything out there and he does all of his training a hundred percent and he's just so committed to being the best rider that he knows he can be. No, that's good. Adam, you've got a massive perspective on this of like people from around the country. I'm sure you'll agree with a lot of the things that, that Patrick said there. Um, but you know, sorry, you've got a perspective at a national level, but also like more of a regional level. And you see people like we've mentioned a lot of Manila club riders there but there's other ones as well aren't there around the northeast who are doing great yeah i think i think from what, where you started them i think if you're kind of sort of saying like highlights of the last few weeks i think for me it's sort of seen i think the under 14s in particular that category actually is i, I think it's really good at the minute because talking regionally we've got some very especially in the boys category we've got 
some kids from all pretty much all the clubs in the region and they're all, there's at least one or two riders from every club competing nationally and they're all going together as well and I like the fact that there seems to be an actual a regional bond between them all as well so when they go yeah. to national races they are they all come together and they look out for each other support each other you know you, the parents even comment on it as well and they do kind of ride together look out for each other and when they come into training so we have that that kind of group as well that little cohort of under 14 boys particularly um, and Soph and Molly are in there I suppose girls wise as well they um they, they are sort of the in a nice way they're knocking lumps out of each other every week as well in training so the yeah you know, competitive spirit still there as well so Track, track league on Wednesday was really good in that age group. They're all riding really strongly. You know, when they were doing the TDCs and stuff before Christmas there and at the beginning of the year, um, the regional racing. So again, on Sunday, that category will be really competitive again. I think you look at the boys race, especially in the 14s, there's probably, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of people in that category could be thinking they can win that race. And it's really good to see that. Yeah. How competitive it is. Um and yeah, that's probably my highlight at the minute. That kind of age group is looking really good. Um, from a from see a the girls as well. I always think like you know the the girls racing. There's um, there's quite a few in a lot of the categories. That's where we struggle to really fill up. But we yeah. are developing quite a few girls. I think that's a lot to do with the work that there's certain clubs really really promoting girls within their. Um, I'd say Tyneside Vagabonds have got three girls in the uh, under tens race. Um, and in Manila, I've got two. So, like, you know, the, the certain clubs really, really pushing the girl side of the sport as well. Yeah, that's good. On what you were saying on the under 14 boys race as well, I think I could argue that that um, race in general at the Northeast Youth League races has probably been the most exciting race to watch every week because you do not know who is going to win that race because they're all, they're all great friends after the race, they're all great friends before the race. But when they're in the race, they are rivals. They race each other. They're very like closely matched. You do not know who's going to win. And the race craft that some of them have developed is like way beyond their years. Like they're doing like they're, they're throwing tactics in there that no one thought they would be throwing in there. They're like they like throwing in the attacks at the perfect times and just knowing exactly what they need to do to win a race. Well, I think we'll be. Probably on next week's pod, I'm guessing. Obviously, we've got so to kind of start just to move on a little bit. We've got Northeast Youth League coming up on Sunday, haven't we? Which is Stockton Wheelers are hosting round three. Yeah, round three. Round three. So I think numbers are looking pretty good again as well across other age groups. So I know there's, you know, again, we're going to have kids from the age of Sienna's probably one of the youngest at five year old up to the age of 16 racing on Sunday at Middlesbrough Sports Village. Yeah, so, it's all 85 entries across all categories this weekend. So, really a good. really good turnout. Really good. So, I think that's going to be really... So, we'll probably have a little chat about that next week. Um, I know a few... There's a few kids travelling down to Yorkshire and things, I think, on Saturday as well to do a bit of racing. Um, any seniors racing this weekend? Is there any racing coming up this this next week? Um, I know that I'm not racing. I don't know if anyone else is, but uh, I think the only races senior-wise that would be this weekend would be in Yorkshire as well. So... Actually, I saw there's a few, there's two girls from our region. I think just two girls doing Tour of Flanders, I saw. Is he, I think, is he? Yeah, is he Maze? They're off to Tour of Flanders this weekend. So that'll be really good to see how they both get on, I think, over in Flanders on Sunday, which is be really good for them. Hopefully, good luck to from the northeast. You know, like, so the, north, the northeast is sending people to the Tour of Flanders. That, that's incredible. Yeah. We should be celebrating that. We should be absolutely 
everyone in the region, regardless of where the, what, what club they've come from, we must be yeah. and really, again, really delighted at that. And again, we're mentioning girls, and it's great role models for some of them girls coming through as well to look at, isn't it? So that's, that's I mean, the, that new team that um, Izzy and um, Lucy are riding for, um, Shibden Hope Tech, they're absolutely dominating at the moment. It's a team of junior girls, mostly first-year juniors. Like, I think there's maybe two second years in there. And they're showing up to like women's national B races and like winning them. So uh, yeah. winning them, placing top tens. They're like absolutely dominating the scene at the moment. It's it's crazy to see, but That's like awesome. hats off to them. Absolutely, yeah. So good luck this weekend, girls. Hopefully it all goes well. I'll have something to talk about next week. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's, well, well, that's a good place, isn't it? Good place to finish up yeah. for the evening. I think yeah. one, one thing I just want, I'm going to put Patrick on the spot because I think this might be a good little thing. So I don't know if any of you listen to some other podcasts and stuff, but I listen to the High Performance Podcast and they always talk about you, the ask for three non-negotiables from somebody. But I'm going to turn that on its head a little bit and I'm going to say to Patrick, what would be your three top tips for a youth sort of coming through into cycling? I know I've put you on the spot there. I should have kind of maybe give you a bit of a heads up. but No, uh, it's fine, it's fine. Um... Massive one, obviously, we've talked about earlier is just make sure you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it and you're not really wanting to do it, I would say maybe take a break from it. Just enjoy riding your bike again. Um, don't don't feel like you have to force yourself to do it. Because um, if you're forcing yourself to do it, then it's not you're not going to be able to stick at it. Um, if you're looking at progressing it to something bigger, again, don't don't think the British cycling pathway is the be all and end all because there's plenty of pathways you can take, whether that's your racing abroad, stuff like that. Um, using things like the ride for Charlie grants, things like that to be able to go abroad and race guests for teams. Um, so similar sort of pathway to ex Manila rider, Ben Everton. Um, and he's doing great at the moment. So just, you don't have to be on the BC pathway. Um, and, the end of the day just make friends with all your rivals because at the end of the day like it's it's everyone's coming together and bonding over one thing like be rivals on the course and then when you come off shake hands be mates and just you know ride with as many people as you can that's great Patrick I think that's a great way to kind of bring it to an end actually I think that, uh, that was good Really good, Patrick. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for chatting to us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thanks as always for your expert analysis there, Adam. But really good. Um, so if anyone does want to get in contact with us, I mentioned the email address earlier on. You can do paul at manilacycling.co.uk if you want anything to be a question or if you want your club mentioned, anything like that. And also get in contact with us on our socials um you can you can do that and you'll probably get an instant response from our uh, social media guru over there and if you want to roll adam in any races there's sessions on tuesday nights at Summerhill, and there's also track <laughs> league on wednesday nights but it will be rolled it won't rolling. be beating me it should be rolling me yeah yeah, no, yeah just no, one ever, no one ever beats you they just roll you even if they beat you by like a laugh laugh a laugh <laughs> my podcast catchphrase now yeah <laughs> <laughs>